Welcome, everybody, to episode 22 of the WP Mainline Podcast for Friday, December 17th, 2021. I am your host, Jeff Chandler, joined by Malcolm Peralti. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, indeed. How has your week been? It's been okay. Uh, it's it's hard to get things done with everyone already kind of on holiday brain, but other than uh, that, yeah. it's going well. Yeah, well, I, I, I tell you one thing. I'm getting pretty concerned with this Omicron uh, variant that's going around because now it's like, you know, I, I was fine with the wearing a mask everywhere, but now it seems like this variant is to the point where I have to actually uh, purchase some N95 mask or KN95 mask and start wearing those out in public if I want to really protect myself from this new variant. The good news is I'm vac- double vaccinated. We're trying to schedule our boosters as soon as possible. And from what I've been able to tell, the vaccines are doing, uh, from what we could tell, have been doing a great job of battling these, these variants. And mostly all the bad news I'm seeing and uh, 95% of all hospitalizations here in my state are from people who are not vaccinated. It's, it's a damn shame. It certainly is. And I, I mean, I think a lot you're in a hot, are, from what I've heard, you're actually in a hot spot right now. Yeah, actually, we're probably the worst in the in Ontario. I think yeah. we're the worst in Ontario. And we're one of the worst in all of Canada right now. Um, it's it's actually really sad. Uh, a lot of it is 18 to 29 year olds. Um, and uh, yeah, you just think that they would be vaccinated, but I think they still think they're invincible. So that's just the way it is sometimes. With, with youth comes a feeling of invulnerability mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you have to learn the hard way sometimes. Okay. So and sorry for starting to show off on a band. I mean, it's important. And uh, in, in fact, with Omicron, I hope I'm saying that right. Cause there's a whole article <laughs> about that. I had a Omicron, Omicron, whatever. Omicron. Yeah, Omicron. Whatever. Uh, so an event took place this week where people from the WordPress community Highly esteemed special folks. Uh, in fact, five for the five contributors, uh, they were invited to attend the State of the Word 2021, which took place in New York City at the uh, NoHo's uh, office, kind of automatic satellite office. In fact, I, we learned that um, the venue that it was, uh, the event was in was actually uh, a headquarters building for Tumblr. And a lot of the uh, Tumblr workers uh, were working from that space, uh, but not too many people from Tumblr are, are in that space and making use of it. And they, I think Matt says they have it until 2023, maybe, but they had the space for another year or two. So he said, he opened it up and said, if anybody would like to do, you know, uh, meetings or, or meetups or conferences or anything revolving around open source and whatnot there, that he'd be open to, to allowing that venue to open it up for the community to to use, which I thought was really cool because venue spaces, I mean, it's New York City, everything costs an arm and a leg and your right toe. Uh, so being able to have, if you're local to that area, being able to have a venue like that to do a meetup in um, is a pretty cool deal, pretty good thing. But, then, you know, you got the variants going around. Who knows if you want to meet up <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, at, this, mm-hmm. at this point. Anyways, the event took place. There's about, it looked like 30 to 40 people attended the State of the Word where Matt Mulloway pretty much gave a roundabout uh, summary of what's been taking place well even WordPress even just that number and... even just that number is kind of interesting like originally it was supposed to be 50 people yeah and actually during the introductory kind of um like the start of the presentation matt actually had to ask like a whole <laughs> to move up 
and then that created a cascade where everyone wanted to move up closer and i don't know it was just really funny that little like awkward moment of you know everyone shuffling seats but there was there was uh more than like half a dozen seats that were available um for people that either couldn't attend or didn't attend or i'm not sure but th- i thought that was kind of interesting yeah, and I should note that everybody who was there in attendance had to be vaccinated, had to have their vaccination card, had to present proof of vaccination to be able to, to participate in that event. So there, there were some safeguards in place. Now, hopefully all those people that were there, when they get home, they take some rapid tests, you know, to see if maybe they possibly have the new variant or whatnot. You know, that's up to them. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so, so Matt kind of started off with, uh, contributions and what's been going on in the uh, in, in the state of WordPress. And uh, the first thing I'll say is that I was watching live via YouTube, the YouTube stream. Mm-hmm. And the first 10 or 15 minutes of the YouTube stream was terrible. I, I constantly got errors, uh, streaming errors. And it got to the point where I was getting, uh, quite frankly, I was getting pissed off because, you know, this was important information. And every time I log in, it's like, nope, can't nope stream air stream air and i kept having to refresh and a lot of people were, were experiencing yep. experiencing the same problem uh unbeknownst to me this event was also streaming on facebook and twitter mm-hmm. and those really didn't have any issues so i don't know what happened well between the problem, youtube or whatnot the problem with those other locations though is they don't have that live chat so like one of the cool things about coming to that youtube thing yeah, is seeing yeah, a yeah. whole bunch of names and faces that i haven't seen in ages like kind of chiming in and saying hello to everyone. And that was a really cool feeling. So I ended up having the Facebook stream open and the YouTube stream like <laughs> pause so that I could still see the chat on YouTube while I was watching it on Facebook. It was really ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was cool to, to hang out and see people watching from, from India, Nigeria, Africa, all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, all, all sitting together watching this presentation and all united through WordPress in that, in that chat room. Uh, which was which was pretty cool, but once the uh, once the stream got going and it worked, you know, it was, it, was, it was fine. It was okay. It was just a little frustrating there at the beginning. So Matt started off by talking about uh, there's eight new core committers now for 2020 and 2021, uh, which is fantastic. These are the people who have the keys to the castle, so to speak. They have the ability to make commits to the WordPress core and, and change the code that runs on. 40, 43% of websites that are out there. So it's, it's a highly esteemed uh, position that uh, requires a lot of responsibility. So congrats to those eight individuals. If you can have we, not, Oh, go ahead. Can we, can we just pause and like also highlight how great it is that there's a little bit more diversity in this group than previous groups. I mean, um, it looks yeah, like- yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not the early days. Where it's like eight people in a click, you know, it, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, it's not just eight old men, old white guys or whatever anymore. Like there's some some women who are now able to be core contributors, able to be, who have risen through the ranks to become, who have fought their way to be able to do this. Um, people from like East Asia and other ethnicities. I mean, like this is really great to see that it's not just, you know, a group of eight old white dudes that were just added. I, I think that's worth kind of pointing out. I'm, I'm right there with you. Thank you for highlighting that. Uh, if you have not taken a look at the, uh, WordPress.org slash news site lately, you probably should because it's going to be uh, going through a redesign. Thank well, goodness. I'm taking a look at it right now and it's it's not live as of yet, but uh, at some point in 2022, it's going to be redesigned with some jazz aesthetics. It's going to be a black based theme, of course, and uh, it's going to 
take advantage of what WordPress 5.9 has to offer with full site editing. Of course, that full site editing means nothing to us because we're just going to be viewing the content, but <laughs> it's it's supposed to look pretty nice and pretty good. And it's part of a larger revamp of WordPress.org in general, uh, which is probably long overdue. I think yeah. I think Matt was saying the last time they redesigned WordPress.org or the news portion of the site was like WordPress 3.0. <laughs> so it's been a while. Uh, one of the other things he talked about, and this was this was pretty important. This is one of the actual, like one of the most important things, one of the highlights for me during this whole state of the word. He talks about OpenVerse, and he talks about how it was brought into WordPress from Creative Commons Search, and it's going to have a large focus on audio, photos, and additional media assets, which are going to be made available in the coming months. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Creative Commons which has been around for at least 20 years, uh, they've been involved with creating licenses around content that's kind of like, it's not exactly, you know, GPL is a, is a license for freedom and that's for software. But when it comes to content and media, we have Creative Commons. And uh, what you're able to do is uh, they weren't able to financially keep it afloat anymore. So Matt, and maybe I think it's through automatic or whatnot, uh, kind of acquired them, brought it over, and now it's going to be housed under the WordPress.org umbrella, which I think is a really cool thing uh, to, to keep it going. And right now, you can it's going to be renamed OpenVerse. And if you go to WordPress.org slash OpenVerse right now, you can search from millions of different photos and stuff. Uh, Matt said that they're bringing over the audio portion uh, in January. So that's something really cool. And on the side, um, WordPress.org, it was kind of soft launched during the state of the word, but it's WordPress.org slash photos. And, and Matt Mullowick is, is, they're creating a photo directory of CC0 licensed images, which is, which is really cool because the CCO license is like, it's pretty much people putting their photography in the public domain. So when you use a CCO licensed image, you don't have to worry about so much like attribution or whether you want to use it in a commercial uh, setting or, or what have you. It's basically, look, here's my image. I'm contributing it. Use it however you want. It's kind of like what the license is. So I think it's really cool that we're going to have this photo directory. And I've already submitted a photo today to it. And uh, it's, it's in soft launch right now. And uh, there's some questions that were brought. I think um, Adam Warner, actually, uh, during the Q&A session, brought up a good question. And how is this going to handle XF data? And some of the other maybe personally identifiable information. And right now that hasn't been really thought of or addressed just yet, but it is a point of contention that they're going to figure out and work on. Um, and these guidelines, if you look at the guidelines for the photo directory, it, it's pretty, uh, some of them are pretty substantial. And the one that actually bums me out is you have to pretty much own your artwork or own the photograph. And there's a guideline in here that says, Photo, photos must not consist solely of the artwork of others, such as paintings, drawings, and graffiti. And you know what that means? I don't think I'm going to be able to submit I, I'm going photographs to of, of, of trains with graffiti yeah. on them. Yeah. So I, I, I saw you tweet this and I, and maybe post it somewhere else as well. I'm not sure. I think, um, but as soon as I saw it, my first thought was there's, there's a specific word there that I think lets you kind of get away with submitting train cars with graffiti on them. And solely? that's the word solely. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, if it has like multiple train cars, multiple pieces of graffiti on it, it's not necessarily like you're not ripping off someone else's artwork just to promote their artwork. Um, and again, it's a little bit more public or open for those kinds of things because you have a train out in the world kind of thing. It's not like um, 
you know, like a, it's not like a mural on a wall. Exactly, exactly. So I think you're going to be able to get through it and, and post your train pictures there. I think it's going to be completely fine, and and I hope they accept them and enjoy them. Um, one of the funniest things to me, though, during that part of the presentation was Matt uh, with a little chagrin on his face going, you know, we swear we named this before Facebook and their <laughs> whole thing. Um, you know, the, they call it the meta search on the open verse. Uh, and then it was kind of like tongue in cheek, like, hee hee hee. So hopefully, hopefully they won't have to change the name or anything because, you know, Facebook is not small. But I just thought I thought that was kind of a, a funny jab at the whole crazy verse thing that's happening in the world right now. And taking a look at the photo directory, my uh, photo has been approved. Oh. Hooray! So it's just a picture of fall colors along the Cuyahoga River that I took a few years ago. And uh, who knows how, how somebody's going to use this image. Uh, it'd be cool to kind of track if somehow, some way I was able to, to see when or how somebody uses my image. Um, you could use reverse image search on Google when it gets, mm-hmm. like when it starts getting used. Um, I suppose talk I could do talk that. a little bit about the submission process. Talk a little bit about... Um, the moderation process. I think those two things are interesting as well. Uh, the moderation process, I actually, I have no idea who, who is part of the team, who is doing it, who's doing what. Um, I do know that when you submit a photo, uh, you, pre- you have to give it, you can only submit one at a time. That's a uh, yeah. maximum of 250 characters for your description. And there's all these, these lists of things that you have to confirm, such as uh, you have the copyright or other legal right to upload the image. You're going to make it available under CC0. Uh, photo is an actual photograph, not a screenshot or digital art. Photo is high quality. Doesn't contain overlays like watermarks or copyright notices. It's not overprocessed. It's not a collage composite of multiple photographs. Does not depict violence, gore, hate, or sexual content. That's a gimme. Photo must not consist mostly of text. Photo, as we just mentioned, uh, must not consist solely of the artwork of others. Photo must not contain identifiable faces. And photo must not be a minor variation of something you have submitted to this site before. So there's a whole list of contingencies that you have to make sure that your photograph abides by before uh, uploading them. And, and and most of those make sense to me um, in order to, to have this directory there. And, I, and the reason why I think this directory is cool, one of the reasons is when we look towards the future, and this is something Matt brought up a couple of times when he talks about the idea of open verse and, and contributing back to the, to the commons is creating these things, these directories that are CC zero for, for content. And, and eventually this is going, this is going to expand, um, extend to audio uh, fonts, uh, maybe various other assets that, you know, theme developers can use. So, and, and I think this would be exciting if you're a theme developer uh, creating a theme and creating the starter content, looking for fonts that have licenses you can use that are compatible with the GPL, uh, the images, the photography that you use in your theme. I know a lot of theme authors probably still use Unsplash. and mm-hmm. uh, But Unsplash, as we've seen before, can sometimes, and they've done this in the past, they could just pull the rug out from money and change the licensing terms uh, without any say, say, say so from you and, or, or anybody else. And Matt kind of joked about that. Uh, he, he didn't highlight he didn't say Unsplash specifically, but I, I, he had to have been referencing them when he joked about that. Uh, it's going to be CC0 on WordPress.org, and that is going to be indefinite, uh, that the license will not change. And then he said, unlike some other companies, and you know, first thing I thought of was Unsplash, because he made a big deal about that. So in terms of having a website or uh, under the WordPress.org umbrella that you can go to to find 
media, images, audio, fonts, other things that you can use in your website. Um, or, you know, especially for when it comes to creating themes, I think it's going to be awesome. And it's not just for WordPress people. This is a resource, as Matt says, for, I mean, he says humanity, but I mean, for the general web overall. Yeah. And that way your website doesn't have to all be bird pictures, right? That's, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be uh, bird pictures, but I mean, you know, Matt talks about the open web and we all talk about the open web and how, uh, you know, we we would like it to be more open, but it seems to be closed more down. Commercial. I mean, more yeah. commercial, closed down behind walls. So I think if if instead of relying on someone else or some other organization out there to create the CC zero directories or repositories for for information for items for media, Matt through Openverse is just going to do it himself. And this is just going to be part of the legacy now of of WordPress.org, where it's not just about uh, code, but now it extends, it's going to extend way beyond just code and software. Which is great, which and is I, what we definitely should be doing with all of this, all the people power that we have behind these projects. Absolutely. So Matt also mentions that uh, the WordPress pattern directory was launched and it's going to be, in fact, WordPress 5.9 has built in uh pattern suggestion library. I think you can, uh, you might be able to browse through the pattern library through 5.9, maybe not. But the pattern library is pretty cool because if you go visit the pattern directory, you can click a button from there, paste it into the block editor, and boom, mm-hmm. the, whatever was there on the pattern directory site, you can have right there in your site. That That is it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, I agree. It it will certainly make things um, you know easier and better over time for people that are like getting into really kind of designing content pages for their websites. Um, my kind of gotcha on this, of course, will always be the WordPress pattern directory only supports the core blocks. Yeah, I, I was just going to I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, a, that's a limiting cool. factor. It's cool, but I, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that. So I think that, you know, as the block editor grows and improves and maybe more core blocks are added, I think that this will become more and more useful. But even just with the few patterns that they already have. I'm looking at this and going, man, that'd be a real pain in the butt for me to do, like do as a like front end development on. It's nice that I can just like copy paste that, swap <laughs> some images and colors, That's and right. look at how great that looks. It's so much better than what I could typically or easily do. So I'm excited to see this move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were some stats that were released for the various uh, Make WordPress projects in Teams. He talks about uh, Polyglots had a great year. Um, there are 13,659 language packs in core with 15,900 active translators, making WordPress more accessible to the entire globe. Uh, and this is all part of a project that um, an open source project that they use for translations called GlotPress, if, in case uh, anybody forget about that. So GlotPress is probably handles like most of the translations and, and things of that nature in language packs. Um, there was also some improvement on the diversity in WordPress front. There was 135 participants in 66 cities and 16 countries that participated in the various diversity in WordPress workshops, which I think is comprised of three different programs, uh, which helps add diversity in terms of speaking and WordPress contributions throughout the community. And Learn WordPress also saw uh, some gains with 186 social learning spaces, 73 workshops, 70 lesson plans, and two courses in 21 different languages. And there's still a lot of work 
to be done and the learn wordpress.org front. Yeah, Matt actually highlighted that as kind of one of the key things he hopes will kind of see some real power put behind it over the next year because uh there are only like there's two courses and they're apparently they're fairly deep courses but he's like, you know, I'd like to see that grow and be a lot bigger and and more deep and more interesting, more engaging and it is in 21 different languages, but I mean that's nothing compared to, you know, 13,000 language packs. So um, you know, if you're interested in contributing to WordPress, I mean, this is this is an area that does not necessarily require technical skill to help with. So, you know, see what you can do. Contributors welcome. Uh, Matt also went over the numbers, the, the market share numbers, according to W3 Techs. He highlighted those. Uh, now, remember last week we talked about the market share analysis that Joost Valk did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Matt also iterated on the point that we brought up last week. And he said that while the good news from the numbers is that WordPress still leads to pack by a very fair margin. The bad news is that open source, other than, other than WordPress, open source is losing in those market share numbers. And it's not like WordPress is taking market share from Joomla or Drupal. All of those systems are taking them from what W3Text considers the uh, none. That is a CMS that's either custom or can't, is not really identifiable. And he also talked about the the sharp increase in growth from like Shopify, Wix, and Squarespace. Uh, so he you, you just, you just brought up that kind of concern and that, you know, he also mentioned that he feels like, I didn't know this, but I guess Drupal and Joomla do not have mobile apps. I would have, hmm. I would have thought that those uh, content management systems had apps. And Matt had mentioned that he feels like that's a big, a big opportunity that that's, uh, that they're missing right now that and it would really help them maybe gain market share, become more successful as if those two op, uh, content management systems had robust and, and very good apps. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, a, a Joomla app. I wonder what that, I wonder what that would be like. I, 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 yeah. Like, I don't know why I just assumed that they, I mean, cause everybody has an app, you know, every piece of software is an app. So it's just kind of surprising to hear him say that. And I actually haven't done any research yet to go look and see if there's actually a Drupal app or Joomla app on both the Apple store or, uh, you know, the Google play store. But uh, yeah, if anybody's out there listening, you know, get, get Drupal and Joomla involved, get, get an app going. Uh, we need them to get more market share or something. I don't know. <laughs> One of the interesting spinoffs, though, I really wanted to kind of do as an aside is there's been a conversation on Twitter, um, and Yoast just posted about it um, on the 13th, that some of the market share growth can probably be attributed to Elementor's growth over the last little while, um, with a growth in um, April from 3.8% for uh, Elementor's market share up to 6.7%. And so it looks like you know, actually a, a large percentage of WordPress's growth has actually been in, in part thanks to Elementor's growth, which in my opinion, just kind of proves the fact or the reason why the block editor has become such an important part of WordPress is to try to like get people away from the Wixes and Squarespaces and web flows of the world and continue to use WordPress. And Elementor kind of is a quick way to do that. So um, I just thought that was kind of a, an interesting thing to point out that, uh, it, you know, maybe a lot of what we need to see even on Drupal and Joomla is more of that, uh, you know, drag and drop kind of feel or that lower lowering the bar of entry to be able to kind of make cool things. Yeah. Elementor has huge numbers, both in growth and market share and use. And I think it's a valid argument to make that because of Elementor, uh, WordPress has seen 
uh, uptick in growth. Uh, then again, without element, without WordPress, there's no Elementor. So, yeah. And yeah. there's also been some discussion as to whether with the future of Elementor, uh, whether or not they could possibly break off and turn it, turn their software into a service. So you have Elementor software as a service to, to unbreak that dependency of WordPress. So maybe that would help them increase their market share even more to where it's not, you can't, you don't have to worry about, um, you can't just use WordPress or Elementor on WordPress, but now you can use it like in Drupal or Joomla or somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there with the future of Elementor, but that is a behemoth of a page builder and a product mm-hmm. in the WordPress space. And in, in fact, uh, I'd be willing to bet that there are a lot of people out there who um, somehow get a hold of WordPress and it has Elementor built in or it's on, automatically installed and they think WordPress is Elementor. Yes, for sure. I, I, I bet you agree. that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of themes, uh, black themes grew from just two themes in 2020 to 28 themes available in 2021. Uh, and that's one of the things that Matt really wants to see grow. I mean, he says he wants to see 5,000 you know, black themes uh, by the end of 2022. And I think that's a bit ambitious of a number. Some other people think that's a bit ambitious, but at the same time with tools like uh, Dwight, uh, I call him David. I, I, I constantly call uh, David Guire Dwight. I'm so sorry, David. <laughs> it's like Dwight's like the first thing that comes to mind, but um, he's come up with that theme, that JSON theme generator. And I think tools like his and others will be created throughout the new year, especially once 5.9 uh, hits the masses. And through those tools, I think those are going to play uh, a considerable role in getting those black-based themes, uh, get that number increased on the uh, WordPress theme directory. You know what would really help me, though, when it comes to the theme directory? A better flipping demo version of a theme, man. They, <laughs> it's so hard to know, right? Like, even yeah. go look through the block themes. Like, they say there's 28 block themes. Go and that, demo That's the theme directory's those. Achilles heel. Yeah, go go demo all all twenty eight of those, and I bet you any money you're going to get confused over like ten of them. Like, wait, isn't that the same theme that I just looked at? Because the demos look so similar for a lot of these block based themes or a lot of these like more simple themes that it can be so hard to tell like what the competitive or advantages or the unique selling point of the theme is because of how bad the demo looks. Man, like you have to depend on the photo, but you have no idea how to get to that place, right? You look at the photo and you're like, man, that looks really good. And then you go load the thing, the demo, and you see like, oh, that doesn't look good. How hard is it going to be for me, someone who doesn't know technology, and I'm just speaking in generals, or generalities, um, how hard is it going to be for me to be able to get to that photo that I saw that looked really cool from this demo that looks really horrible? So I wish I wish they would do something about the demos on, on the theme directory. I mean, what you, what you just said is something that's been brought up over, over the years, I mean, like I said, it's the theme directory's number one Achilles heels, the demo page, because people window shop for WordPress themes. In fact, Matt even brought this up during the state of the word. He talks about how when they did user testing, that he added a photograph he took of sheep to like the, the theme mm-hmm. page or part of the theme. Th- and that's what people drew people in and said that they, they wanted to use that theme because they like sheep. They like that photo of, of, uh, of the sheep. So it's, it's like, yeah, I don't know how I don't know what they're going to do or how they're going to change the theme directory to get the themes to actually look the way that they look in that in that demo screenshot. But I I got to imagine that with block based themes and how things are changing and theme.json and what have you, that with the infrastructure updates that's going to need to take place across WordPress.org, 
Um, I think it's going to be easier. I have no idea. Maybe it's going to be possible this time around, but yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice to click the demo and boom, it's right there. Exactly what it's supposed to look like. And now you could just tinker around with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Window shopping for themes, man. I, over the years, I remember back in the day, a long time ago, I would, I would just browse the directory and then I browse Google and it, it was all like all these different themes. I'd, I clicked view demo and I'd view the demo on all of them. It's a man that looks good. That looks good. I can't tell you how much money I wasted buying themes on the fact that it looks good here. And I have a vision in my head. And when I try to implement that vision into the theme, I said, man, I just wasted $50. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, man. <clears throat> Matt also brought up the fact that the widgets in the sidebar can now be managed by the block editor, uh, which is neat. He, they also mentioned the query block, which is a very powerful block uh, that's now available. It's essentially the post loop, but now you can place it anywhere you want throughout your website in a block. You don't have to write any PHP code, which is really cool. They also showed off a demo of Duotone filters, which to me... Uh, Duotone is like, it was like kind of like mad, but when I saw it and, and saw the actual demo of it and, and got more of a description of how it works. Okay. I can see how it's pretty cool. You know, it can make images, can make they images spent a pop. Lot. They spent a lot of time on this though. Like for what it is, right. They, I feel like they spent a lot of time on the whole, like, look at what you can do with images. Look what you can do with like all of your designs, like, you know, the consistency that you can get and stuff like that. Like they, I feel like they spent a lot of time on this. It must've been a bit of a technical challenge for how much time they spent in the presentation on Duotone. Well, yeah, that, and I think to me, I think the demos are very important. I think it's very important for these features, especially these, these visual ones, instead of reading, reading about it to actually see how they work. I think Mm -hmm. the demos play an important role in getting, I mean, the average user, people who are interested in what's going on in WordPress, they go, oh, that's what that is. You know, I've heard about it. I've read about it. But if that's how it works, that's cool. You know, I, I think that's the demos play a major part. And there's quite a few demos, actually, in this state of the word. Uh, Matt then went on to talk about how WordPress 5.7 had 481 contributors, 24% were new. Uh, WordPress 5.8 had 530 contributors, with a quarter of those being new. And he mentions that there's still time for people to get involved and contribute to WordPress 5.9. Something I've brought up and we've talked about, I think we may have talked about on the show briefly. There's been a lot of conversations around uh, open source contributors and getting paid. How to to help those folks contribute to open source. And 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 I brought it up a few times, like WordPress relies on free labor and and sponsored contributors, people who are paid by companies to work on WordPress for full time. I think there's only a finite amount of resources and time before that well of free labor dries up. And then what happens? What do you do? What, you know, then everybody ends up having to become paid or something, but looking at these contributor numbers and so many of them being new, um, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is, or or it's not as much of a concern as maybe I've been making it out to be because we're still getting an influx of new contributors and with 530 of them, 25% being new, I mean, it's it's not like uh, WordPress is being maintained by by three people in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty impressed with these numbers too, and I agree with you. It's it's not as bad as a lot of people make it sound. 
Um, I didn't necessarily think it was bad because I constantly see new names in the WordPress world that I'm like, who the heck are you? I, you know, I'm, I'm like, get off my lawn. I've been here forever kind of thing. Right. So, but like, honestly, it's, it's really impressive how many people are, are, you know, finding their way into this project every single day. Um, and they're coming from everywhere around the world and it's just so inspiring to see what they do. And the topic that a lot of people were interested in hearing me talk about was web three. And what is it? How is WordPress going to get involved? What does he think of it? And I think Matt did a pretty good job of skimming the surface of his <laughs> thoughts on what Web3 is, how WordPress is poised and already in a position to take advantage of what some of the concepts of Web.3 is, which is participating from anywhere, being able to host it from anywhere. You're limited by only your time and creativity. You can create your own forks or your own feeds or for your own needs of, of WordPress, you kind of already have some of these things built into WordPress that you can do, which is part of the whole Web3 concept. But by and large, he didn't, he didn't really talk about NFTs and, and minting and ownership, um, ownership and licensing and all that stuff. But he kind of skinned the surface and he didn't do a deep dive. But I think he did just enough to, to, to let people know that, hey, I'm aware of this. Um, Keep tabs on it. Apply some of the apply some of your common sense filters to these things. Uh, there's definitely some innovations that are going on in this space, but there's also a lot of hucksters, and he is not wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, he certainly didn't say learn like NFTs learn Web three deeply. deeply. Yeah, yeah, learn <laughs> Web three deeply. Everyone, I remember a lot of people before the event because he kind of shot it out there that he was going to bring it up as one of his main talking points. Um, and actually it wasn't as big of a deal in the, in the overall presentation, it was kind of like, not a footnote, but it was just kind of like, uh, yeah, we know this exists. We know people are interested in it. We, you know, we want to be, we want to participate, but we're, you know, cautiously optimistic about this whole thing, I think is the best way to put it. So, um, I don't know. It, It definitely, it definitely didn't strike me as like, oh, that is so cool. Or like looking to the future or being like a first mover advantage kind of thing. It was just more like, we know it exists and Mm -hmm. uh, we're keeping our eye on it. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the other parts of the state of the word that I found particularly interesting, I'm glad he brought this up and talked about it was the acquisitions uh, that have taken place in WordPress throughout this year. And he showed a slide with the logos of 42 different companies uh, that were involved in some sort of merger or acquisition this year. And he talks and he talked about how, I mean, he was aware of the conversations going on that there's something weird going on with just WordPress or just consolidation going on with WordPress. So he like, he, um, he does what he likes to do. And he, he, he talks about this concept of what was going on, but he bring he, in a broader sense, a broader input, what's going on across the world economically. And he showed a couple of different uh, slides with statistics one was the mergers and acquisitions number in the the bar went almost off the chart in terms of what's happening in the technology sector, but especially worldwide. Uh, so it's not just that there's a lot of acquisitions happening in WordPress, but they're happening across the world this year. I mean, at a record number of, of money that's exchanging hands. But didn't it feel a little bit like a straw man argument to you? Like, don't worry about this thing that's happening in an area that you care about. Look at the fact that it's so much smaller than this other graph over here. Like it just, to me, it didn't, it doesn't matter that it's happening widely or it's happening in other, you know, niches or other places or around the world or whatever. To me, I would have, I would have really liked to kind of get a little bit more deep understanding from him on 
why he thinks um, like now is the time that these kinds of things are happening or um, what this says about the community in general or um, how maybe WordPress or Automatic are going to help highlight, um, you know, smaller organizations that are that are trying to like, you know, fill in the gaps left by some of these acquisitions. I don't know. I, I just I I think he could have done more to to talk about this in a way that wasn't like downplaying how important this is to the WordPress community. I don't know the way he presented it and showed those charts. It made me think, well, okay, this isn't such a big deal. This is happening globally. And it just so happens that all these companies get acquired in WordPress. So what's the big deal? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I mean, so I don't know, but I'm, well, I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm always I know. a little yes. extra critical. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad he brought it up and I'm glad he talked yes, about it. So I agree. I agree. I'm glad it was part of his presentation. And he also spent some time uh, discussing the five for the future initiative. And he showed a chart of companies that contributed or sponsored time for the, through five for the future uh, uh, for WordPress 5.6. And, you know, it's no surprise that automatic is the biggest bubble in there at, at 70 contributors, but Yoast was the next uh, company as 16. But but Matt's point was that the size of the company does not mean they have more, can, does not necessarily mean they have more influence over the say and, and the amount of contributions they make to WordPress core. Uh, Yoast was 16 uh, is a substantially less company or employee wise uh, than like, let's say GoDaddy. <laughs> okay. But, but, but Yoast is making quite a bit of impact through their contributions and the various parts of WordPress that they contribute to and work on. So basically the five for the future, Matt says he would like the, the, the future of the graph to be more larger bubbles, more companies with more people from those companies involved with contributing to WordPress. And in my opinion, I think the five for the future initiative is going to uh, take up more precedence uh, within the next few years, especially as, you know, it, it, as, as Matt says, we cannot, I, I don't want to misquote him, but he describes, you know, the tragedy of the commons and, and we don't want to end up in a situation where all these companies are selfishly thinking of their own interests and take, 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 but not giving back to the point where now all resources are exhausted and now everybody's screwed. <laughs> so uh, he, he kind of emphasized uh, trying to get more people involved, you know, two hour, he says out of your 40 hour work week, you know, you can, 5% uh, of your time is two hours or, or was it, or was it two hours out of a hundred and something hours during the week? I don't know. Something to the point where like two hours, but you know, he, he stresses of trying to get more and more people, especially those employers who are having financially financial success by building on top of the WordPress platform and the ecosystem to get those people to, 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 to start paying up, to start contributing back. And it doesn't take a lot of money and it doesn't, it just takes, Time and, and resources. Well, I, I say that, but then time is money for a lot of people. You know, without the money, you don't have time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I mean, my counterpoint to this is that, you know, these agencies are kind of giving back to WordPress, maybe not directly through like code contribute, like contributions. Oh, by, by just by just building the site, their client yeah. site on the WordPress. Sure. Think about it, right? Like they're, 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 potentially developing solutions for customers. They're um, exposing like fortune 500 companies to WordPress. They're 
um, teaching a whole bunch of people uh, how to use WordPress through like developing these projects for these different um, niches. So there's there's a whole bunch of ways that they are kind of giving back. It's just not as direct. It's a little bit more subtle. Yeah, um, well. So I, I mean, these but the, all of these things help keep WordPress alive, right? If no one's buying the software to use on e-commerce websites, then that means these companies don't have the money to invest in it anyway. So it's kind of, it, you know, it is, there are things that are happening in that respect that are maybe not five for the future. Um, but I think that this graph could be much more interesting if it included like every company that was building on WordPress, because, you know, they're on the fringes of this graph um, continuing to kind of expose WordPress to a greater audience. Look at all these companies taking advantage of open source software. We wow. <laughs> no, I'm, I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, am I going to get hate mail? I mean, Should I give no, no, no. But like, think about this, right? So let's say you're a developer, Jeff, and you are working for an agency like Camber Creative, and you've just developed a website for a client, and you to do that, you had to um, adjust some code for WooCommerce. And you go and you submit that code to WooCommerce as a bug fix or a patch for the future version of WooCommerce. You didn't participate in Five for the Future, but you did just give back to WordPress. Okay, did you not? Uh, right? No, so like, I did. Those are the kinds of those are the kinds of things that I'm thinking about. You no, know what I didn't. I'm not even a developer, but I contributed back to WordPress today. You want to know how? Talk about I, it. Yeah, I, I'm running WordPress 5.9 Beta 3 on WP Mainline, and today I finally decided. You know what? I'm going to create some reusable blocks that are for my show notes page for, for the podcast. That way I don't have to create these blocks every single time. Yep. So I created a, uh, uh, the blocks I use, put them all in a row, kind of made a template. I selected all those blocks, collected, I, I clicked a little button and I clicked the, the link that says add to reusable blocks. The modal comes up where I get to name the, this reusable block. And I was typing in uh, some words and I hit backspace to correct a typo and that made the moto disappear and all of my selected blocks disappeared I mean, oh, they were no. they were deleted and I, and I and i said to myself what the hell just happened i said <laughs> Wait a minute, that's, that's not supposed to work so i said well, well how did that happen so what i ended up doing because i and when i did control z which is undo the blocks yep. didn't come back i couldn't restore uh-huh. my content from control z so i said oh well this thing's a gun so i reloaded the page exited out reloaded then I did, did it again, and I found out that it didn't matter just hitting the backspace key with that moto up, deletes the moto and deletes the selected blocks. And it, it, uh, led, it could lead to a loss of content, like, which yeah. actually happened to me, if those reusable blocks had content in them. For me, it was just more like a template. But yeah, yeah. Uh, So I actually went to track, uh, uh, created the ticket, explained how to reproduce it. That ticket has now been filed. It's considered a high status, and I believe it will be fixed. I mean, to me, it's a blocker because it could lead to lost content. But right now, it's uh, it's it's a high status, and it will probably get fixed uh, either as part of a port uh, beta four release or definitely before uh, five point nine was released to the public. But it just so happens to be that the one time I want to try and use reusable blocks, I I discover a critical bug, and you know what? I got kind of excited when I found it. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. I thought you were going to tell like, me yeah! you named your block like drop tables or something. I don't no, know. No, but... no, 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 no. <laughs> Anyways, that was, that was cool to create a ticket again. It's yeah. been so long since I've created the ticket and this is actually a critical, an important bug. So I'm glad uh, I'm, I'm happy. I was able to do my small part there and at least reporting 
the issue. Getting back to the state of the word, Matt mentioned, he reminded us that we're part of, uh, we're in the midst of the four phases of Gutenberg. Now, easier editing that started in 2018. Uh, in 2019 was the beginning of the customization phase. Uh, we're still in that. He mentions that in 2023, work will begin on the collaboration phase. And he had mentioned that he doesn't, there's so much work that he feels has to be done in the customization phase that it, it wouldn't be right to, to immediately go from customization to collaboration in 2022, because there's still a lot of work that has to be done. And when somebody mentioned uh, collaboration, what does that mean? Of course, he mentions uh, Google Docs. Google Docs yeah. is like one of the primo examples of collaborating on a document where you could see who's editing the same document at once, where they're editing in that document. And I'm like, you know, um, maybe Malcolm and I, you know, when this comes out, I can give them access to like the podcast post type and I can assign and say, stay in your block. You're not, you, we're going to collaborate, but you stay in this block. Right. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. assign you a block and you can't go outside of that block. And that's how we're going to collaborate. <laughs> I like that. I think wanna, that's really neat. I, lock I you into a block. I think one of the more interesting parts was not that collaboration was marked as 2023, but the fourth phase multilingual oh, yes. did not get a date. No year attached to that. Uh, I, I, I I think it was safe on, on Matt's part to do that. I mean, he's mentioned this in a couple of state of the words now that multilingual, I mean, we know that multilingual is a thing. We know that it is in highly important. In fact, Matt mentioned during the state of the word that he gets, uh, <laughs> he gets a bit chastised for it. He gets uh, in when he does this presentation or does the state of the word in, in uh, Europe. Uh, but he you know, multilingual is hu- is hugely important. And we and, should define um, that. We, sh- we should define that for the audience. What does that mean? What does multilingual mean? Being able to speak more than one language, right? Yeah. So being able to produce content in more than one language, right? Okay. Like one of the issues that we have here in WordPress right now is if you wrote a post in English uh, and then you wrote a post in French or Spanish, um, WordPress doesn't really handle that well. There's plugins to help oh, you Weeglot. handle that. Weeglot's but... one of the big plugins that allows yeah. us. Yeah, and, and I think that it, it's kind of sad that it's not part of core because, again, like, yes, I could install WordPress now and I could use a language pack to make it Spanish and then I could write all my posts in Spanish. But if I wanted an English version of my website now, it becomes kind of a mess. And, uh, you know, I think Gutenberg and the block editor can kind of help make that more seamless and easier to be able to kind of switch back and forth between the like multiple languages. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward I wonder, to seeing that get integrated. I wonder how that's all going to work. I mean, so if I set my WordPress site to the uh, U.S. or North American English locale language pack, um, and I have multilingual capabilities within WordPress, what does that even mean? Does that mean like I, I should or I can set up WordPress to use word, uh, language packs of my choosing and then visitors... No, no. I think, I think you'll do block level translations, right? So let's say you were doing the show notes, you could do like English show notes and Spanish show notes and French show notes. And then depending on which language you're using. Like would those be options? Yeah. Like selected options, selected languages for that block to be available in those languages. Well, yeah, but you'd, you'd have to either have machine translation or you'd have to write in the values yourself, but yeah, just like Weglot does, but just kind of built into core. Hmm. Uh, Well, that's, that's going to be an interesting stage of the black editor, just WordPress in general, the whole multilingual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that comes after the collaboration aspect. And, and that's in 2023 and we're just now getting into 2022. So multilingual, you know, we're about two, two to three 
It could no, be actually, four years away. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say probably it's probably what's going to happen is we're going to get to 2023. By that time, there'll and, be a bajillion language packs in WordPress. <laughs> and they'll probably say like phase four of Gutenberg will be 2025 would be my guess. Boy, that's a lot of work to spend on collaboration. <laughs> I mean, it's not an easy problem either, right? Yeah. I mean, even Google yeah. Docs still messes it up sometimes. So Exactly. So Matt says we're... We're kind of in those stages of, uh, of Gutenberg, and there's still work that has to be done, work to go. Um, he did mention um, at the end of the State of the Word that they have found a host city for WordCamp US 2022, good old sunny San Diego. So if you're a member of the San Diego WordPress community, and I know there's a lot of you out there, uh, now that they have the host city, I believe the organization team, WordCamp US team, is going to be reaching out uh, to those various communities to try and get organizers to volunteer to put this event together. Now, I'm excited about this. Matt's excited about it. A lot of other people are excited about it. I'm not excited about COVID and all the various variants and how that's going to uh, – we'll have to see how this all plays out because this event could very well be get canceled. Well, to be fair, we do have a bit of time between now and the event. Absolutely. WordCamp uh, US 2022 is not until September. Yeah, September thereabouts, you mentioned. Uh, so I, I, like I said, we'll, we'll just, we'll have to see. But uh, it, I, don't, I don't know for those people who are, or who, who could potentially be buying, buying flights or Airbnbs or anything like that, like maybe a few months in advance. What? Don't make sure if you do that, double check the refund policy. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just say that because, uh, boy, you don't want to, you don't want to get screwed. We don't know what's going to happen. You do know, you think you, if you variants. if you got sponsored to go, would you go? Uh, I actually looked it up online, and I can take an Amtrak train from Cleveland to San Diego. <laughs> of course, of course, that's the way you think. So, so, so if, if Bob can do it, why the hell can't I? I right. just need I just need to find the companies to pay me to to, to be able to do it, right. and and come on, it's totally on brand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean Bob's doing the woo on a choo choo, but come on, my site is actually about trains, and you know it's in the title WP mm-hmm. Yeah, but any <laughs> anyways, uh, Bob, I love you. It was so cool to see Bob doing his state of the word trip and the, following the hashtag the Woo Train Clan on Twitter. And uh, really great. He's safe. He's on his way back. In fact, it's very cold through Montana. <laughs> he's, he's wearing his Five for the Future hat. And uh, he actually, it was pretty cool. During a Q&A session, he asked Matt, he says, look, I traveled all this way. Give me some woo for 2022. You know, I want to know what's going to happen with, with woo. And it basically came down to more Gutenberg is what Matt said. Uh, but, and then at the end, uh, Bob says, well, that answer was worth 6,000 6, miles. <laughs> <laughs> which which, uh, which get the crowd laughing and rolling and going on. Um, and then there's a couple of questions about how youth can get involved with WordPress that Matt answered. How can we uh, pass on WordPress or get the next generation of developers to um, take interest in, contribute to, and get involved with WordPress? He answered those. Um, I also want to do a special shout out to Courtney Robertson. Um, I was actually going through her, a uh, summary of what happened at the state of the word, which is published on the godaddy.com garage. Uh, There's sort of blog over there. So thank you very much for putting this together. And we covered a lot and I watched the state of the word again today. Oh, oh, by the way, I didn't even mention this, but uh, because WordPress 5.9 was delayed 
in December, and it's now scheduled for a January release, it turns out that we could possibly have four major releases this year. And it was kind of interesting to me that uh, not a lot of people picked up on it or shared the news of it because I guess it's not surprising or it's not important to them. And it's like a few years ago, boy, that would have been a big deal to have four mm-hmm. major releases during the year, but apparently not so much this year for, for a number of people. That's interesting. Yeah. For me, when I, when I saw you tweet about that, I was kind of like, actually, I'd consider that a negative. I don't want there to be four major releases <laughs> every time there's like, so again, a big part of my job is like maintenance of WordPress sites and major releases or minor releases for that matter. And that meaning like taking the time to like check to make sure everything still works on staging before pushing to production on over like a hundred different sites. And it's just a real pain in my butt. So um, I, I enjoy the the slower years in terms of releases. So um, I like bigger monolithic re- releases with like really cool features rather than a bunch of smaller releases that feel a little bit more rushed. So take your time, WordPress community. Three releases is plenty. So that's pretty much the gist of what went down at the state of the word now it was to to watch it matt is in a room in front of 30 people and if you watch the state of the word you kind of get the sense that maybe he's a little bit more free-flowing or he's a bit more open or maybe he's a bit laid back i mean there were a couple times during the state of the word where it just i mean you could it looked like he was rusty in terms of speaking in front of an audience, there were times where there was some long pauses he even commented on that. Yeah. There, yeah. There's, there's some times where there's some long pauses. There were some tangents. He would tell some funny stories like the macroeconomics part where he talks about pennies and, and yeah. And he's sheep like, now and, where was I? Yeah. How did I get here? Uh, and, and then, you know, interacting with, with the audience and, and, and the crowd and whatnot, it just, it seemed to be a different map, but he also mentioned that this was like his favorite one. And, I got to say the people who were there in attendance got to be a part of something I feel is special, something that is maybe a once in a lifetime type of event, because it's not every day you get to show up to a state of the word where there's only 30 people. And then afterwards you don't have to wait in line to maybe get in five words with Matt before the next person gets in and wants to see him because you're at a 1000, 2000 person conference. Mm -hmm. So those people actually got to spend time with Matt, uh, Talk to him. All those people in the audience, by the way, were five for the future contributors, uh, which I also thought was interesting. And uh, I don't know. It was just kind of a, a unique event. And I hope that those people that were there made some lifelong memories uh, because, you know, it may not ever happen again. And those people had a chance to, to really sit down and have one-on-ones with Matt that were very beneficial. I know Topher DeRosia, he, he he spent some time with Matt talking about Hero Press and what he's got plans for and to be able to, to to talk it over with Matt face-to-face and get his approval or get his take or his ideas on something is, yeah. I mean, it's Matt great. Even gave him a, Matt even gave him a shout out during oh, yeah. the uh, presentation. So. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things though. I mean, like I know we've gone over a lot, but I just want to kind of like do some quick shout outs. One, we didn't mention the fact that um, Josepha did uh, an introduction at the start. Um, so the executive director of WordPress open source project um, kind of kicked it off. And also weirdly enough, um, kind of blew my brain a little bit was that Matt had just returned from a trip to Antarctica of all places. <laughs> yeah, like, he's been there a like, few times. Who does that? I don't know. It's just so weird to me. He does. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, how do you probably... avoid burnout when you go to Antarctica? 
<laughs> well, yeah, I guess you're so disconnected there. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, I wonder, I would love to ask him this question and know, like, I think he's gone to every continent at this point, like for sure. So uh, it's not something that everyone gets to do. And I, I hope he uh, is reflective or self-reflective of that opportunity that he's had. You think anyone looks at, I mean, him, him, by him going to Antarctica and taking those photos and being able to do that. Do you think anyone out there gets jealous? I don't uh, like, Hey, but I mean, at the same time, look, the man is successful. Look what he's created. Look what he's done. If he has the ability and the wherewithal and the means to do that, why the hell who who should stop him? That's such an American way of thinking. (laughs) All right. What's the Canadian way of thinking? Uh, I guess the Canadian way of thinking is that uh, if he's so wealthy, he should share it with a bunch of the rest of us and bring him, bring us along to his trip to Antarctica. Uh, Ah, Okay, trickle down economics or something. No, 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 no. A little bit, a little bit more open than that. Well, anyways, it was pretty cool. He took some great photos. Um, but yeah, you know, Antarctica and and whatnot. No, mask, mask gonna do Matt. Where's Matt? You never know. Could be in the U.S. Could be in Antarctica. <laughs> could be somewhere else. Uh, so okay, and maybe the other thing I want to talk about is maybe just highlight again that. Matt's focus, at least in this state of the word, he talks a lot about not just the open web, but humanity in mm-hmm. general yep. and, and, and using open source software, especially WordPress and through the CC zero creative license, zero images and media to try and get, he, he had mentioned the fact that anyone out there, whoever ends up running a word website on WordPress, that's a little bit left for the it's a contribution to the open web by using WordPress and every little bit helps, but you know, it was, it was just sort of the, his broadened concept of worldly, just in the basis of humanity. It's not just WordPress. It's not just open source and the users within our community, but he's got globally led ideas for making humanity better for generations to come. And that's a lot of what, I felt came out of this state of the word. Okay. If you say so. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of my take on it, but um, other than that, geez, is there, uh, is there any oh, other, any other, just one here? other fun little thing. Um, right. If you're on Twitter, go track down Corey Miller, um, search for <laughs> hashtag state of the word oh, and look for some photos of Corey Miller. Um, it's pretty fun. It's pretty funny. Uh, I blame her. I, I blame Carl Hancock for all that, by the way. He <laughs> Carl actually put that together. It's, it's a photo of Bob Dunn and, and, and Matt Mulligan and some other people. And then right in the background, just before, uh, or, uh, you know, it's like he didn't have time to get out of the way. There's Corey Miller staring with his eyes right into the camera, like photo bombing. <laughs> and I, he didn't mean to do it. And he, uh, in the video, in the video, you could see him moving out of the way, but you know, he was just too it, late. Yeah, he was too late. Uh, so, so Corey, very well done photobomb. Yep. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, it was pretty good. All right. So other than the state of the word, there's a lot to di- digest there, but, uh, there you go. Kind of the state of things. Um, now we get to the end of the year, January WordPress 5.9 full site editing duotone, you know, is coming to a WordPress near you. And, uh, it's, I guess, unless there's other 
major acquisitions that's going to take place before the end of this year, because who knows? It should be relatively quiet until the end of the year. I hope so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so that's going to do it for the... Oh, you know what? I totally forgot. Are you looking to increase your productivity? <laughs> One tool that helps thousands of web developers and designers do more every day is GoDaddy Pro. Combining site, client, and project management, GoDaddy Pro is an all-in-one solution made by and for web professionals. Whether you're new to web design or looking to grow your business, you'll find free tools, products, guidance, and support to help you deliver results for clients. Manage and monitor all of your clients' WordPress sites from a single place, no matter where they're hosted, with a single click, perform bulk updates, backups, security checks, and more at the same time, and free up your day. And for more information, check out GoDaddy.com slash pro. And you'll find more information there. And of course, I'll have links to that and the everything else in the show notes page on WPMainline.com. Well, sir, it was a good show. Uh, my birthday's next week. So let's Ooh. see. Uh, let's see what happens with my birthday. If anybody wanted to get me a birthday present, you could buy a boxcar design <laughs> on WP Mainline. I'd very much appreciate it. <laughs> but we'll... Uh, how old am I going to be next week? 38, 39? I don't even know, man. It's not 40, though, but it's close. <laughs> Is it ever going to be 40? Uh, unfortunately. I know, right? Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of WP Mainline Podcast. Again, you can find show notes and everything else related to the show on WPMainline.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeffro, J-E-F-F-R-0 and Malcolm. Uh, you can find me at Find Purpose on Twitter. And as always, if you need any help with anything, you can check out PressTitan.com or Camber Creative. And next week, being the Christmas week, we'll talk to you again next Thursday evening. So long, everybody. <laughs>